Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you, as always, by TheRinger.com, where it is a great time to be a content creator, Tate Frazier. Mm. It is fantastic. We, uh, the, the NFL is it's heating up, officially. I watched that entire Rams-Vikings game last night, and oh boy, I thought I was told that football was dying, and then I watched that game, and I thought, this is good. This is very good. I would like to see more football like this. Jared Goff is incredible. Jared Goff is a football guy. Are you? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm a football guy. Uh, Jared Goff, it was incredible last night. Uh, I actually, I, I agree. I was, I was watching this game with a with a Brit um, who was a big Los Angeles Rams fan and also a big uh, Cooper Cup fan. So the entire game, all I could hear was Coop, mm. Coop. It was, uh, <laughs> it was quite a time, and it, it made me believe that football uh, is actually international. The, the Brits love football. They were having a great time watching the game. So uh, good for all the Rams fans. Do they fans. like being I'm called the Brits? Watch. No, I don't know what to call them. Uh, all I know is they're wild, <laughs> they're loud, and uh, they have a lot of thoughts on uh, American football and uh, how, how it's so soft now, uh, which you could only imagine how fun uh, that check was out, for me. Check out the, in a, the Ringer NFL show on the Ringer Podcast Network where – Tate Frazier does uh, a podcast called GM Street with Mike Lombardi. I've been listening to it a lot. I, I'm almost, I feel like I'm one or two weeks away from busting out a Lombardi impression on this podcast, Tate. Would, would, how do you think Lombardi would take that if I just like, if we did like 30 seconds of me trying to do a Lombardi impression? He would I'm love it. There. He would love I'm, it. I'm getting very close. I'm not ready to do it yet, but uh, I'm getting very close. So ch- check that out. Uh, a lot of other stuff. NBA season's about to start. Uh, the ring- Do we cover the NBA on the ringer? Do we have content? On yeah, the on occasion, every once in a while. Um, I I assume we do. Just go check it out. I'm, I I assume we have something. Also, take the uh, last thing I'll mention. Then we'll, we'll start the show. Uh, I, I, I was watching the Ryder Cup today, mm-hmm. and um, first of all, I'm very into the Ryder Cup. Secondly, how does the Ryder Cup work? What? <laughs> Wait, <laughs> <Because> what? <laughs> I'm very confused. It's it's four. I'm very confused. Four, like I'm watching 14, it, and uh, fourteen points. I, That's what you need. Come on. 14 and a half, right. 14. Right, so I get that part. I just, they, they flash the scores, and I'm like, I thought I knew golf, and <laughs> I obviously don't know what, like, five and three and 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 all this other shit. I'll, I don't know how the scores all work. And, like, they sit there and break it down, and, and there, was, there was a moment where I'm watching the coverage, and they're like, all right, folks, here's how it works. And I'm nodding along with everything, and then as soon as they stopped explaining it, I went back to being like, what did you say? I, I completely missed all of that, and I have no idea how the scoring works, but I know that we're losing right now as Americans. <laughs> are you sure they weren't that, speaking so. French? Um, and you're like, what are they talking? What, are they, what is going yeah, yeah. on? What are they saying? <laughs> I'm not getting any of this. Uh, on today's today's One Shining Podcast, we are still not quite to preseason. Uh, uh, I, I, I'm officially just being selfish. I'm going to say that the preseason starts when I get to Los Angeles State. So those of you who have been following us uh, and you're wondering, like, when are you guys going to start like previewing the upcoming season? And I'm sure... You've got a ton of great stuff that you're going to be doing, and the answer is yes, we do. Uh, but I'm not. We're not ready to do that yet. We're, we're waiting for a couple more weeks. Um, so we're still in sort of the lull of the off season, waiting for. The, we're in the pre preseason. Mm. Uh, but we did promise last week we would do a, a West Coast exclusive episode, and that is exactly what we plan on doing. Um, basically, we're doing it now because the season is. It's still not like time to actually talk about college basketball and then now we can just have this in our back pocket to, for the rest of the year when people are like you guys are biased against the west coast we can be like no we're not no Look, we here's, did a full episode here's the link basketball so every single time here's the link yeah. here's the proof so that that's that's on the docket today we're going to talk what all things west coast past present possibly even future we're going to get into all of it but first woody durham
All right. The people asked for it. They are going to get it. Tate Frazier. Uh, he is back from Maui. We, The first question is, why are we doing our show on Friday instead of Tuesday, Tate? And the answer is, you mm. heard we were doing a West Coast show, and you yourself went West. Yeah. And then no one heard from you for a very long time. And yeah, basically, you just now got back to civilization. It was great. I basically just kept my phone away from me. I uh, went to Hawaii. Uh, it was a, the, the best plus one experience of my entire life. Um, you know, it, Maui's great. It, it was the yeah, best time, good. best time of my life. So yeah, it sounds fun. Sorry, sorry, everyone. Yeah, it sounds, sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like a lot of fun. Can but, I just say like, can yeah. I, as an aside, mm. I, I encourage everybody to follow Tate on Instagram because it is just, uh, it, it's a trip. It, I mean, like I, I, I gotta be honest, Tate, I hate you sometimes when I'm watching <laughs> your Instagram shit and you're just like, Hey, I'm in Maui folks having fun and you're not. Yeah. Yeah. This is, this is every, this, I don't know. I, Your Instagram is fantastic. Oh well, I have no uh, idea what you're up to. We we covered it on the last show mm-hmm. that like you turn your phone off, you you can't be found, and then the only the only way I know that you're still alive is like every so often you'll like pop up with an Instagram story, and you're like, "Hey, uh, today I'm on the other side of the world doing cool shit. Uh, sorry about the pod. We'll get to it when we can, <laughs> and then that's it. Well, it's the off season. <laughs> I thought that I thought that I got a break in the off season, uh, but apparently podcasting never stops, as you can imagine. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things where you know Kyle knows this producer Kyle sitting right here. When you edit podcasts for a living, you basically become like a gremlin. You know, like when all the when all the South Park kids are playing World of Warcraft and they're all getting like pimples all over their face yeah. and like getting the pizza rolls. That's who mm-hmm. you become for two years. And that's what I became for two years. You get, start getting headaches. Yeah, right? yeah. You start getting screens. Yeah, you, you start getting migraines. You start hating yourself. So like, I went through that whole period of life. And then at the other side of that, I was like, you know what? Calgary ready to bleep this. F- all that. I'm going to have a good time. And that's what I've been doing. <laughs> I've been enjoying life. And uh, I've been enjoying this podcast. I mean, just the idea that we can actually just, spend a whole episode on West Coast basketball is probably yeah. the most laughable thing. And probably the funniest thing we've ever done on this show <laughs> as far as just pure unadulterated comedy um but we're gonna we're gonna figure it out i mean you have built out a template i did not do anything really for this i uh i flew on a plane last night i watched isle of dogs naturally you're in maui we already covered that yeah and i flew on a red eye watched isle of dogs watched all the nfl games that i missed uh and all i could think about when i thought about west coast basketball is what is the west coast like how do how do we how do we know what the west coast is i mean is kansas on the west coast is anything east of the mississippi river the west coast i don't know I no, don't think so. I would say but I, don't I would know. say schools east of the Mississippi River are not on the west. West, Coast. yes, um, yes, west. <laughs> I'm, I'm a probably. I'm, not. I'm just slightly worried about my, my. You know, we the three, the three people it takes to put this podcast together are me. I'm not worried about me. I know me. Mm. I'm, I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm in a good spot. I'm fine. I'm worried about. I, we got our producers just getting tattoos on a whim. Um, we got you just going on vacation on a whim, and I just, you know, like I just. Sitting in Ohio, I'm I'm watching all this happen from afar, and I'm like, I should probably be in LA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so you're the problem. Just, you both yeah. lose cannons in your own regard. It, right it now, sounds so. like you're projecting um, on us, and Kyle, Kyle, Kyle <laughs> you and I, seem to be the problem. Kyle here. and I are now tag teaming this, and we're we're not about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. You're, you you have me outnumbered. Maybe I'm the problem. Maybe I need to be more <laughs> like you guys. And uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, back to your point. What is the West Coast? I was thinking about this. We 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 said we promised uh, the people were asking for it, and by people I mean like one guy who like is probably like an Oregon or Washington fan, and now they feel like they're pretty good. It's probably a Washington fan. It's like, oh, we're good now. Why why don't they talk about my team? Um, or it's who a asked Bill, us to do this? Bill I thought Walton's it's a, burner account. 
That's best case scenario. Yeah, it was Bill Walton's burner account. Yeah, yeah. I thought, I thought, yeah, that's a good idea. Uh, it's something different. We we need we need good ideas to talk about. So I, I sat down in this past week while you're in Maui drinking mai tais on the beach and doing God knows what. Um, Literally smoking whatever is being handed to you mm, and whatever the no. hell it is you do with your life. Mm. <laughs> uh, I was working hard uh, researching for this podcast, and I stu- I very quickly stumbled into the problem that you mentioned, which is what is technically West Coast basketball. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we would all agree that like Kansas is not West Coast State, unfortunately. I know mm. you're really excited to, 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 to... Tate's plan was to come in and just talk about the Big 12. <laughs> uh, yeah. Tate I was, was going to just like run shtick. He was just, as a bit, he was just going to be like, what if I, you know, just spent the whole pod talking Big 12 and pretended like that was West Coast? I, it would have been funny, but I think you would have pissed a lot of people off. I think Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas, and Kansas are all worth talking about on the West Coast. But, you know, I I'll but, do I'll do it based on so, America based on America in eighteen hundred. The West Coast is New Spain, you know, colonization. People forget that that dude. happened. Uh, so in New Spain is where the West Coast is based on uh, the natural boundary line. That's what I'm going to judge it as. So that is the West Coast to me. I think so. I the West West Coast basketball to me is like pornography. Like you know when you see it, um, and it's just a case by case thing for me. Yeah, uh, I think like. I think, hold on, let me pull up a it, map. And, so it, say, and it ends with a mess. It ends with a major mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every time. And uh, so I'm going to say like Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico, like that line of states and then everything, like they, I'm considering that West Coast and everything west of that. I'm going to throw that in. I'm going to say like basically the mountain time zone and the Pacific time zone together. But like the central time zone, not West Coast. But that's that's my distinction. But I'm all, can, can we can we start there? Is that fair? No. Well, that is fair. But I also want to point out that if you have if you were in a conference that has West or Western in the name, then I have to reconsider where I'm drawing the line. And speaking of mm. the WAC, which is crazy, but your school, Chicago State, is in the WAC. They're in the Western mm. Athletic Conference. Is, is Chicago on the West Coast? Is Chicago the the best you West see, Coast uh, city? Is this a now rivalry? Chicago versus Los Angeles. Listen, Chicago duh, is home of Northwestern. Um, mm. So when you think about it that way, wow, it's very confusing. Michigan, Michigan's fight song is "Champions of the West." <laughs> they have that line in their song. So this is all, this is all very confusing. By the way, did you see Kanye was at Chicago State uh, and was tweeting and and whatever else? He, he tweeted like a picture of socks and was like, <laughs> "Chicago, I'm at Chicago State, folks." <laughs> and then I just got bombarded with that. This is the, this is the downside to like campaigning for coaching stuff or like doing bits with my Twitter account is that like now anytime anything happens with Chicago <laughs> or Chicago State I just get completely bombarded from people that are like hey something relevant to Chicago State because I again I'm like the only thing that anyone knows about Chicago State because I elevated Chicago State like not to brag but like no one knew shit about Chicago State until I said I want to be the head coach and then now mm-hmm. people know about Chicago State but yes anyway including including Kanye West, West I, w- I will say the shoes were literally the color he said that they were Chicago State colors and it was just like shit stained brown like and it wasn't the color it was like yeah. off yeah. 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 It was it was like, the color like, it was um, like beige throw up Chicago State so <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. We're going to try to do exclusively West Coast talk. So, Kyle, we're it's doing up to great you. so if far. If you feel like, it, yeah, we're doing fantastic <laughs> talking about your trip to Maui and Chicago State and what else. Uh, Kyle, if you feel like Tate and I are going down an ACC or Big Ten road, which is what I feel like we get accused of all the time because I just hit you with God that. Forbid eh. we talk about the two conferences that, that matter the most. 
um, just hit a buzzer. Yeah, do something. Be like, I'll do something. Get us back mm-hmm. on track. But uh, mm-hmm. I can the, that. the goal is to talk about the West Coast. And I think Tate, what we we, we got to start with this because I want I want to do like a little. A, a state of the union for the West Coast. I want to start there. Mm-hmm. Um, we will get to like the specific teams this season later. Uh, but I think like the but, whole reason I we we are doing like a West Coast themed show is because uh, there is an inferiority complex mm-hmm. from fans on the West Coast. I think that's fair to say. Um, whether it's justified or not, uh, they they feel like there is an East Coast bias, and there is uh, as as a as a man who lives on the East Coast in beautiful Columbus, Ohio. Um, and works in media. I will. I will readily admit that, like, I am not consciously being biased against the West Coast teams. It's just that I am not going to stay up every single night until three a.m. to watch them all. Uh, I do my best. I DVR them. I watch the games. But I will admit that, like, yes, I do watch teams on the East Coast more than the West Coast. So these sorts of things happen. People on the West Coast are aware of it. They get very insecure about it. They mm-hmm. get very upset. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, Tate. No West Coast team has won a national championship since Arizona in 1997. And I want to start there. I want to discuss why we think this is, how we got to this point. Because if you go back in the history books, Tate, the first 37 NCAA tournaments, uh, the first one started in 1939, was won by Oregon. Mm-hmm. Um, West by Coast. my count, the first, going, going off of the criteria that, that we set, of, uh, of my, my criteria of like, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, New Mexico. If you're drawing it like that line, I'm I'm, I'm gonna. If you hear me say West Coast, like I'm talking about those teams. Uh, going off that criteria, Tate, the first 37 NCAA tournaments, 17 of them were won by West Coast teams. Wow, right? Mm-hmm. And that and that gets us to 1975 uh, when John Wooden coached his last game and UCLA wins the title. And then from 1975 to the present day, the West Coast has won three NCAA tournaments. So. Why? <laughs> In a word, why? How did we get here? In a uh, word. Yeah. In a word, why? Two words. Sam Gilbert. Uh no, I, I think I think it's one of those things where I mean, as as dark as this may be, the West Coast was a safe haven for a lot of these talented basketball players to get away from uh, some of the expectations of, of teams in the South and some of the stuff that was going on with integration and all that sort of stuff with schools. And that's why Kareem- racism. You can say it. you can say racism. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, of course. Uh, so you know, all that stuff's going on too. So like guys like Kareem and you know all those guys. You go to UCLA, you go to LA, and you know people obviously are gawking at you, but they're also not you know vehemently and maliciously gawking at you and saying, uh, you know, slurs at you. So, I mean, it, it was like a safe haven at once upon a time. Obviously, uh, Elgin Baylor, Bill Russell, all those guys uh, come to mind when you think about stuff like that. So that's one way to look at it as far as why the West Coast, uh, I think, had a draw for some of the top talent. But, I, I mean, ever since then, I mean, it has just been basically, right? I, I, I asked you before we did the show, I wanted to do, like, what is the big four of the West Coast? Like, what, what are the four programs of the West Coast currently mm-hmm. that really have a shot to actually win a national title. I mean, obviously, Arizona is going to be in. What? You mean this year or just like in general? Just in if, general. If we were just like, like projecting just, just 10 to, years from now. Yeah, exactly. Just like who they are as a program okay. and the fact that you know that they're going to be in the running moving forward for, you know, the next, say, 10 to 15 years at the least. I mean, UCLA obviously has been around and will be around just because of the history and the fact that it's in Brentwood, California. My God, it's hard to beat that in the world. Uh, Arizona is always going to be there because, again, the history and the fact that they've just been a basketball factory forever. They have the Ludols and they have, I mean, just the, the, the myriad of reasons. They have $100,000 that they can wire to you in 15 minutes at, at the least, I believe. I don't know. I, I can't confirm that. I'm still waiting <laughs> to see if that's true. Uh, Oregon, 
Houston, like you said, they won the first title. Uh, they're probably the team right now, the program right now, that's probably, quote unquote, the hottest of those programs. And then it's like Gonzaga, right? That's like the private school that's just been unstoppable, uh, you know, since few pretty yeah. much took over. And th- those are the four programs in my head where I'm like, if any West Coast school is going to win a title in the 21st century, which is crazy to say that no one has won a title in the 21st century, I think it has to be one of those four programs. Those are the four that you would bet on. But I'm not. Uh, but uh, again, we we kind of talked about this before. But you go through just the annals of the Pac-12 and some of these West Coast schools, and you see superstars that played at these schools, and they obviously have. Uh, 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 like history with just <laughs> churning out stars. Like Clay Thompson went to Washington State. It's crazy. Yeah. So it just like uh, I don't really it, understand it's... how it's not more of a thing. But also, West Coast basketball apathy is no joke. And all you have to do is go play basketball. Go play pickup somewhere on the West Coast. Just go do it, and you're gonna see a different yeah. kind of thing. People might run around with there, the ball. There are a lot of. There are a lot of points I want to make here because I agree with a lot of what you're saying that uh, the, the apathy is real and um, people on the West Coast don't want to hear that. Uh, and I, I don't mean to say it in a combative way, but it, it, it's almost like a compliment. Like there's so much stuff going on out there. It's beautiful part of the country. Uh, just people just don't care about college basketball as much as you think that like obviously people do care about college basketball, um, but they're in the minority. I mean, just you and I went to the UCLA game. They're playing Cincinnati. That was like one of their best. That was probably that probably was their best non-conference home game last year, right? Like yep. that would be the one game that people would care about. And it's just, it's just a different vibe and that's fine. Um, but you just kind of have to come to grips with that. Like Arizona is legit. Like they're, they're obviously legit places like Gonzaga. I've never been to a game at Gonzaga, but everything on TV, that place looks insane when it gets rocking. And like, I, I don't mean to suggest that like atmospheres aren't great or anything like that. It's just as someone who I, you've lived in LA obviously for what, like five years now, four yeah. years, something like that. Yeah, a little I, over four. I'm not going to pretend like I've lived in LA long enough to get the vibe, but like last year I was out there for an extended period of time and it was like pulling teeth trying to get college basketball on the TVs mm-hmm. out there. And we're, you're, you're in the same, I would even be like by UCLA's campus and trying to watch games and just like no bars are showing them. Just nobody really cares. And I, I, I get that it's probably different in Spokane, Washington than it is in Hollywood. You know, like I, I'm not trying to, to, to make a broad generalization, but in, in, in that part of the country, there's definitely some apathy. Uh, I th- I, so I, I made a list of my reasons. So f- first of all, to answer your first question, the four schools, I think Gonzaga uh, is definitely on the top tier now, like with UCLA and Arizona. I think like those three are pretty mm-hmm. solidified. And I would say Oregon would probably be my four if just because of the Nike thing. But like that's like a fluctuating who really knows. Yeah. I mean, Washington's kind of good. Especially like, with that Nike stock. That you never know what's going to happen with that, right? Yeah. That's the thing now. Yeah, that's exactly. With the Nike stock. Like, all it's going to take is Colin Kaepernick. Kyle, call Rosillo. Let's see if he wants to talk about that Nike stock again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if football players kneel for the anthem <laughs> next week, Oregon basketball is screwed. Yeah. <laughs> Dana, Dana, the remainder Altman, of the century. Dana Altman takes a job uh, hey, at Bucknell. But <laughs> as an aside, uh, do you the, completely off topic, but it is still West Coast, so it it, can, it, it counts. Has Oregon football like? I, I had a theory. Like I, I haven't thought about Oregon football basically since, since Ohio the, State since beat the them Michael in the James. national title in yeah in 2015. I think. Um, oh yeah, Mariota. And then it, it dawned on me. I think the problem Tate is that that uh, too many too many Nike schools have sweet ass uniforms now. Mm-hmm. And, like Oregon's uniforms don't stick out anymore. And they are. That's my that's my theory on. And they already did it all. Yeah. Like you already like yeah. instead of just do it, they just did it. It's over. 
Like they they did yeah. they did every the whole, they did you, the thing about doing every color combination every single game and making it new every single game is eventually you run out because you only have a certain amount of colors. So. Now you're in season nine and right. the show yeah, exactly. starts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like we're in way too deep. And you know? they they and they started giving they started giving like the sweet gear to like every every Nike school. Like every every Nike school now gets all the sweet shit. And there's nothing unique about Oregon. I don't know. That, that's back to the back to the basketball though. Um so, uh, 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 what were we talking about? We're, we're killing, talking about we're killing through two of your four teams. <laughs> we are killing this West Coast podcast. I just have to say. We've got Gonzaga and Oregon. you got two more people can, to put in can there. Can I address one thing about the upset uh, fan that's out on the West Coast? We're not talking about you. If you're what? if you're upset, like if you're upset that people are saying that uh, there's a malaise or, or an apathy that comes down to college basketball on the West Coast, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, we're not talking about you. Uh, if you're keeping up with college basketball, we're not talking about you. But just in a general sense... If you ask someone on the street out in Los Angeles, who you're the talking coach, about me? Yeah, like it, like who is the coach at Stanford? <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about Kyle. Like, it's like, me. You know what I mean? And like, there's so many people in LA that went to Stanford. If you ask me who their basketball coach is, a lot of them would be like, um, "Ooh, <laughs> Johnny Dawkins, uh, something like that, right? Right? His name Johnny? No, mm, nope. That I mean, that's what we're talking about. I mean, it's not like a, a mean thing. It's just it is what it is. It just it's life. I've been out um, here. So I think I think there's a chicken and egg situation too of of just like the discussions about the the you know like the west coast has been a disappointment and the term in the sense of you know like what was it two years ago gonzaga and oregon both made the final four and it was like an enormous deal because two west coast teams made the final four um so you know like i would if i was a college basketball fan of the west coast i would be annoyed by this by the way people kind of look down on it and all that kind of stuff but then you can't deny that like they've only won three national titles in since 1975 and, and zero since 1997. But then have they only done that because of like the way they're treated? Like is there some is there some part of us that you know like the East Coast bias thing is definitely real? But then as someone who again lives in the Eastern Time Zone and covers college basketball for a living, I sort of feel justified by my bias because it's like why should I give a shit about Arizona State versus Oregon State when these teams aren't going to matter at at the end of the year. Um, that, and then it just kind of like keeps cycling itself. And then I don't really know, I don't really know how to get out of it, but we should mention Tate that there are fewer schools on the West coast. So I guess let's start with there at that. Like um, just from a sheer odds perspective, it makes sense that they don't win as much that they just don't have as many schools. Like there, if you, if you pull up like a map of all the division one schools in the country, it feels like the Northeast has more than like the entire mountain and, and Pacific time zones combined. Mm. Just the general, like, area of, like, New York and Philly and, you know, Boston. Yeah. Like, those, like, just that general area seems to have more than the entire West Coast combined. So, like, that definitely plays into it. Um, but then I think there's, like, I, I think, like, at a certain point, the w- whenever you set, like, the standard as national title, I think, just in general, not even with just this discussion, but with, like, trying to determine who the good coaches are, trying to determine, like, if a guy, if a if a national player of the year really deserved to be named national player of the year, uh, no matter what it is, I think like when the parameter gets set as like national title or bust, you're kind of being unfair. Um, so if you just think about the NCAA tournament, like like the West Coast has had, it's not like the West Coast has been terrible. It's just they've they've had some unlucky runs as well. Like it's not like it's not like the teams are putting in there like seven seeds every year, and like we just can't find a a good challenger out of the West, like. The West Coast does have good teams in the NCAA tournament seemingly every year. They just, you know, the handful of them seem to get unlucky 
and, time to time, and, and then that's the way it goes. And I mean, I've I've talked to quite a few UCLA people, uh, you know, just being out here, and you know, they're very protective over, uh, you know, we are still the greatest blue blood because look at our titles, you know, kiss the ring kind kind of thing is what they're all into. But it it is strange to me that some of these teams like. Th- I think there is a West Coast bias maybe with the committee sometimes. Uh, obviously, like, you know, we get the draw in the West. Arizona will get that every once in a while. And, you know, they'll, you know, obviously remember Derek Williams when they got the Duke game and that was great for Arizona and everyone was really excited about that. And, you know, I, I mean, there, there's been moments where, I don't know, I think they've gotten a good draw, but I've also think that, you know, what what's going to get ratings in, the, in March Madness where they need to make all this money? You know what I mean? Uh, probably watching mm-hmm. Duke play, probably watching Kansas play, probably watching Kentucky play. Probably watching Carolina play. I mean, that was the big thing. I mean, even in 2017, you talked about Gonzaga and Oregon. Carolina beat Oregon first, obviously. And that was a heartbreaking loss for Oregon because of the Jordan Bell, you know, getting out-rebounded by Kennedy Meeks there at the end. And then they beat Gonzaga. And as you, you know, famously kept saying the whole year that they were the best team. And then, you know, they lose in the national title game. And then, once again, it's everyone's like, see the West Coast. They, They disappointed us again. But really... I mean, those were two really great teams, and and either those games could have gone either way. You know what I mean? That's what I that, yeah. That, that's a great example of just the 2016 Final Four of, you know, like when you set the bar as the national like you have to use the context and say like Oregon very easily could have won the national championship. They, some might argue they should have beat Carolina and they let the game slip away. Mm-hmm. Um, even if you're not that extreme, at the very least, you could say. They proved that they could hang with Carolina. They're every bit as good as the eventual national champion, and it just didn't work out for them, and they lost, right? Yeah. Uh, Gonzaga, the same sort of thing. Like, Zach Collins, if he doesn't get in foul trouble, it's a completely different game. Mm-hmm. And even then, like, Gonzaga had a chance to win it at the end and maybe even should have won it. Like, uh, So if if, uh, if either of those things happen, we if, if Oregon beats Carolina, then we have two West Coast teams playing for a national championship, and we put this discussion to bed forever. Um but there's just I don't know there's 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 that there's like Arizona you go back through Arizona's history and all the stuff that they they never make the final four now and it's like become a thing with Sean Miller mm-hmm. and Arizona in general because Arizona did it before Sean Miller even got there uh in 03 and 05 um where they lost in the elite eight like every single one of these losses come in heartbreaking fashion for Arizona they're always like one possession away from making the final four and then who the hell knows what happens once they make the final four uh in 01 they they were they made the national championship game and lost um so I, I think there's like a lot of that stuff that goes in the NCAA tournament where when, when you only have a set number of schools on the west coast to begin with and then like three or four of them are good enough to be you know a top four seed or whatever you, you just the sheer numbers those are the only chances you got and then the NCAA tournament, like if you go through every single program has these moments where they're just unlucky as hell mm-hmm. because that's how the NCAA tournament works. It's like a complete crapshoot where like you could play the what if game with every program. And I swear like every program could go back in history and convince themselves they could have won at least like two or three national titles. Uh, so w- when, you, when you have that few number of, of schools and this stuff happens, then of course, like you get weeded out really quickly. And that's kind of how it is. I don't know. And I don't know. And you're you're right about the sample size too. Like all eyeballs are on Arizona or UCLA or Oregon if they're one of those top teams. That's who everyone on the West Coast is talking right. about. And they all have in the in the complex that comes across, which goes back to the East Coast bias and the media coverage, especially of college basketball. The entire season, you know, Duke or Kansas or Kentucky or whoever's going to be number one in the country the entire year, and Arizona might have a, a similar resume, may even have a better resume, and they're going to be number three, number four, and the whole year 
they're going to be, you know, there's going to be the people that, you know, the the Jim Romes of the world or whoever it may be that like stick and say Arizona's the best team in the country. You know, I'm going to die on that hill. And then it's, it feels like Arizona or UCLA, whoever, whatever the team that gets designated, even if it's Gonzaga, that gets designated as quote unquote the best team, they have to like carry the flag for West Coast basketball when they get to the tournament. Right. They have to like carry the burden of the, we have to prove that we belong on the stage with these other guys when really yes. that shouldn't be the case in the first place. But it, it always feels, especially with Arizona to me, Every single time I watch them in a tournament game, it's just like buttholes are tight. You know what I mean? Like they just don't look loose. They look well, scared. Yeah. They look very, very intimidated by the idea of getting upset. I mean, just look at that Buffalo game. I mean, that made no sense. But why? Why should? Why should that be an indictment on the entire West Coast? No, though, it shouldn't be that that. Arizona. Yeah, I don't understand has, why it, yeah. it, it it is that way because I just think that's the way the media covers it because we all have to just decide who the best team in the West is. Who's the best in the West? You know what I mean? And then we go from there yeah, and, and then it, everyone's trying to say, "Oh no, they're not good. See, they're not that good." And I don't know. I feel like we just it, replay that every how year. It works is like it's like college basketball is played on the eastern half of the country and then we say, "Okay, Everyone out west, just figure it out. Like, like <laughs> figure out the one or two teams you want to bring to the tournament, mm-hmm. and you just you just figure it out amongst yourselves. We'll see you in March. And then they send their two representatives, and then, like you said, they the the, the two representatives never just represent their schools or like that specific year, that team, whatever. It's always like this represents all of West Coast basketball. And then there's like a confirmation bias that comes with that because when you see Sean Miller losing in the Elite Eight and Arizona losing in the Elite Eight. You remember this. Like, I, you vividly remember Arizona's heartbreaks. You remember, like, Gonzaga could never get over the hump forever. Um, you remember San Diego State losing to, to Florida Gulf Coast. Mm-hmm. Like, that. Like honest to God, I remember San Diego State losing to Florida Gulf Coast more than I remember Georgetown losing in the first round. And Georgetown had a much better team. Like, it's much more embarrassing that Georgetown lost to Florida Gulf Coast uh, that, that year when Dunk City went to the, the uh, Sweet 16. Yeah, and it is for San Diego State. Mm-hmm. But, like, if, if you ask me... With, with with zero prep, like in in three months, if you ask me who who did Florida Gulf Coast beat to get to the Sweet Sixteen, I will instantly remember San Diego State, and I have to take a second to remember Georgetown. Um, so w- all these things happen. Like another example uh, 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 that I just thought of: uh, Oregon when they got to the the uh, Elite Eight in 2016, when they were one seed, right? Mm-hmm. I think in 2016, mm-hmm. before they ended up going to the Final Four, um, and Buddy Hield like beat the shit out of them with Oklahoma, and that like sticks with you, and you're like, oh, because because then you're thought you're thinking. Oh, they were frauds, and for some reason that just like all, all the confirmation bias happens. Uh, but then we should also say, Tate. By the way, uh, the Pac-12 network is is a complete disaster and has not helped the Pac-12 in any way, shape, or form, or the West Coast at all. Well, it's basically taking it's, it's basically taking away. Uh, the national spotlight uh, of some of these games and putting them on a network that no one, especially on the East Coast, is going to seek out on their own. Um, you know what I mean? It used to be at Dude, least... It's at not the, even... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it would come on late I, at night, so I, if you were just up, you could watch it, but now, you know, you're going to miss that, you know, San Diego State, uh, you know, Pacific game it, or whatever. Yeah, on the Pac-12 Network, yeah. San Diego State yeah. plays Pacific. Yeah. Yes, That's, everyone knows Everyone knows, knows um, that. <laughs> It's, again, no, again, uh, the Pac-12 network is, is awful. It's it's absolutely terrible. I I I get so frustrated living here. Like even when I do want to watch the Pac-12, I have to base like basically if it's not Bill Walton and Dave Pash calling the game, I can't watch the Pac-12. Um, and and the same is true of like if Gonzaga is not on ESPN two mm-hmm. with a tip time of like eleven p.m. Eastern, then I almost never can watch Gonzaga because that's the only. I mean, I actually looked this up before we started the pod. I looked up like. Is the Pac-12 network available in Ohio? And I just don't have it for some reason. Because I swear to God, I pay like two hundred and fifty dollars a month for cable. Like it really feels like that. It's it's I'm getting completely robbed. 
And you would think that I would have every channel that seems relevant, but I, I, I literally do not have the Pac-12 network. Um, so I looked it up on the Pac-12 network's website, and it says they uh, 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 there are multiple options and providers for fans to access, um, including Comcast Xfinity, Charter Spectrum, Cox, Dish Network, mm. and others such as Sling TV and Fubo TV. I... I think I know like a handful of people in in Ohio that have Comcast. I I don't, I don't even think I've heard of like any of these other ones. Well, Sling TV sponsored this podcast. <laughs> other than like, <laughs> other than like commercials of when I'm traveling. Yeah, I mean, so it, it, it but and it's also its own separate package. So it's like, why, 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 why would would anyone? Oh, you have to, to you have to pay extra on top of it. I think you have to like buy it separately as a pack. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure. At least I think that's what happens to my because I know we didn't buy it because I was like, why? That's stupid. Why would I do that? And I live on the West Coast. I don't like it. I don't um, like it. So now, let, now you know why I think Pacific's in the Pac-12. Let me ask you this. Um, let's 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 break this down this way because we let's talk about specific programs. Talk about uh, uh, how how we're going to fix this. What what to you if if what needs to happen between now and the moment when you feel like West Coast basketball is back, for lack of a better term? Um, because I'll, I'll preface it with by saying that. When I was growing up, I I never got the feeling that like the West Coast was bad at basketball. Mm-hmm. This was never something that I I didn't necessarily follow it a ton. But uh, the Pac-10 was great when I was little. Like like they were they were good program. I mean Stanford Stanford did you realize do you, you realize that Stanford had three one seeds within like a five year span? Yeah, and then in the early two thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they had the Lopez Stanford was great. Uh, yeah. Air, Arizona had had Lute Olson and and was Arizona was doing Arizona things. Yeah. Uh, Gonzaga was bursting onto the scene. Mm-hmm. Um, there were these handful of like Pac-10 programs that like just like Utah was great. They were in the Mountain West at the time, like in the late '90s, obviously with Majerus, and they they probably should have won the '98 uh, national title game. Yep, beat um, Carolina. UCLA obviously won it '95. Arizona won it '97. Like when I was growing up, it never crossed my mind that the the West Coast was not good at basketball. Uh, but then we, we've arrived at this point where like you and I are having these discussions. So my question to you is, what needs to happen between now and a moment when we will we we won't have these discussions? It just won't be a thing. I think if UCLA had won one of those titles during the Howland era, when they were just going to all those Final Fours, when they had Westbrook and Collison and you know all those guys, Kevin Love, obviously. I mean that whole that whole gambit when they when they were going to those Final Fours, if they win one of those. In 2008, say they win instead of Kansas, the, the the cookie crumbles and they win. I think that everyone is. I don't think anyone's having this discussion uh, at this point. I think if Oregon obviously had won or Gonzaga won in 2017, whatever it may be. I mean, I, I think we obviously wipe all that stuff away. I think the program that really has to do it though is Arizona, which is I, I think a little weird to yeah. say. I, I mm-hmm. think I think Arizona is the poster boy for. West Coast basketball is just not on the same elite level as some of these other blue blood programs. And I think Arizona just gets tabbed as that because they build the way that they get athletes in and build their teams around these five star elite guys is very similar to, you know, the Kentuckys and all these guys. Um, So people look at them as as sort of like the face of that. And UCLA obviously does, too. And Oregon does uh, in in the same vein. But for the most part, I mean, Arizona is the top tier. I mean, you see DeAndre Ayton, obviously, the number one pick goes to Arizona. You see all these big name Raleigh Hawkins when he's getting recruited, he's going to Arizona. I mean, how many times have we seen a five star recruit that, you know, either I thought was going to go to Carolina or you thought 
about may go to Ohio State or Indiana or may go to Kentucky, and guess what? They're going to Arizona. You know what I mean? And then – so you see all the talent go there, and then you don't get any of the receipts from it really. And I think as soon as they break through – and I I, I've, I really want it to happen this year because, you know, just the, the FBI stuff and every – I mean, just, you know, it's just too good. It's, it's good for us. I mean, you talk about content creation. That would be the best-case scenario to get Sean Miller – uh, when all this stuff is going on to finally break through and succeed because people just wouldn't know what to do, wouldn't know how to talk about it. But I think if Arizona gets over that hump, they get over the Elite Eight thing and, and kind of knock off that little that little hurdle in their in their world, um, I, I don't know. I think that will be the moment when people are like, okay. Because when they beat Duke in 2011 with Derrick Williams, I mean, people were... I mean, granted, they lost the next game, but people were going crazy over that. You know what I mean? Everyone's like, Arizona's right. back. Oh, yeah. This is this is, this is is Arizona basketball. This is what Lute Olsen wanted to see. This is what he built, yada, yada, yada. And now we're, you know, five, six, seven years later, and we're still sitting on when are these guys going to do it? And when they had the most talented player they probably ever had, they lost to Buffalo. They lost to a 13 seed. You know what I mean? And played. And, and played. Yeesh. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, that that's the stuff that people remember. And I think that's kind of the weird spot that we're in. And, and it kind of goes back to even the national players of the year from the West coast. Like when Bogut won, you know what I mean? I didn't think about Bogut being a West coast basketball player. I thought, Hey, that's a seven footer. It's probably gonna be the number one pick when Jimmer, you know, was doing everything at BYU and just going, basically being unconscious, scoring out of his mind. I wasn't thinking, Oh my God, that guy's carrying West coast basketball. I was thinking, man, Jimmer for dead is wild. That dude can, he just pulled up from anywhere. I can't yeah. believe that. You know what I mean? That's the other thing. I feel like, we pick and choose when we want to stick to the West Coast basketball, cat, you know, criteria for right. how we evaluate things. There, there's no set in stone way to do it, and it, it seems like we're all content with them being the butt of the joke, right? Like they're they're just they're the one power conference that every college basketball fan can can just be like, well, at least it's not a Pac-12 game, for whatever reason. Right. Exactly. Um. Speaking. Of, by the way, uh, I I wrote down a little bit of trivia for you. Yeah. Because I wanted to to blow your mind with stuff. Um. About West Coast, mostly Pac-12, uh, but um, you mentioned in the National Players of the Year thing. Are, are you ready for this? I got a, I got a trivia nugget for you. Please. Uh, the Pac the Pac-12 slash Pac-10 slash Pac <laughs> was it was a Pac-8 at one point, right? Pac whatever the the Pac, that conference, the Power Conference on the West Coast, has not produced a National Player of the Year. I think uh, we'll say Naismith. I, I think I, I looked on the Naismith list. Um, so if you're more of a wooden guy, I'm sorry, but the uh, the Naismith Award winner has not come from the Pac-12 since Marcus Johnson in 1977 at UCLA. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Wow. I think like every other power conference, like I'm, I'll, I'll just do it off the top of my head. Like, uh, or I might as well pull it up. Well, fuck it. Let's let's do a little trivia game. Uh, off the top of my head, Big East was Brunson last year. Uh, Big 12, well, Frank, Frank Mason yeah. and Buddy Hill recently. Yeah. Uh, Big Ten, Big is Ten Frank. Kaminsky. Yep. Yeah. ACC Hansborough. Yep. Reddick. Was there anyone more recently than that? Uh, well, Jay Williams, Shane um, Battier, and we're at we're before Jay, that. Yeah, I mean, but I meant before. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, SEC uh, 2012 Anthony Davis. Yep. If if I can't think of anyone, I I think he was the last one. Um. So just right there, like, so what? Whoa, dude. By the way, bad look for the ACC. They're the they're the latest on that list. I think Hansborough. Mm. Is Hansborough the most recent ACC player? Yeah, uh, ACC national player of the year. Two thousand eight, I believe. Yeah, wow. two thousand eight. Yeah, wow. So there you go. In the last in the last ten years, every other power conference has produced the national player of the year, and the Pac-12's last national player of the year was nineteen seventy seven with Marcus Johnson. 
<laughs> crazy. Uh, yeah, I mean, even like the Amer- like even the American now, right? I mean, they have uh, like Cincinnati has Kenyon Martin, right? Like you know, like you go through like. Well, yeah, I mean, you could. Ca- I mean, well, so like, well, if you're gonna do that, then you could say Utah <laughs> has Bogut, but yeah, but but Utah like Bogut was that Mountain- Bogut was in the Mountain West yeah. when, he, when he won it. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying, Mountain West. So they're ahead of. The, I mean, they're ahead of the Pac-12. I mean, that's yeah, dude. That's Larry insane. Larry Johnson won in '91 for UNLV, and and yeah, um. So, I, so let's go back to the original question that I asked you about, like what what needs to happen for you to think that the thing's back. Uh, I, I'm in complete agreement with you about Arizona. I think I think it falls on Arizona. I think that people want it to fall on UCLA. Yeah. Um, and I want to choose my words carefully because I don't want to be the guy. I don't want to just be firing off the the UCLA is done take and like <laughs> they'll never get back to what they were. Which obviously they're never going to get back to what they were because what they were was like the dumbest thing on earth, like that you're winning 11 national titles in 13 years. Of course, they're never going to get back to that. Uh, but I think UCLA can, can, can be really good. But I think like most people, when you think about how to solve this problem, the answer always falls on like, well, we need to get UCLA back to the Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, Carolina level. Um, and obviously that would be great. I think there's like a path for that to happen. But for me, just what I've seen and, and, and being out there for the short amount of time and just like, I've, I've been the, a ton of games in, in Arizona and I've I've been to UC, one game at UCLA and that was really all enough I need to see to like know that this is going to fall on Arizona's shoulders. Not a, And because of the infrastructure that Arizona has with their recruiting, I mean, obviously make all the jokes you want about the bag dropping and uh, Arizona, are, are we sure they're not cheating? Um, you and I are <laughs> no, definitely not sure. We, that, we are but, not sure. Uh, <laughs> we're not, we're not sure. I am, a, I am but, officially uh, on the Arizona's, record as not sure. Yeah, Arizona has the momentum though. They have like the infrastructure in place. They have like a rabid fan base. Tucson is very much a town that gets behind Arizona, mm-hmm. uh, the, the university. Um, so yeah, I think I think like in the modern era, like it falls on Arizona kind of to be the torchbearer for all of this. Um, so I would say like we need that to happen. We need Arizona to be a, a true perennial contender every single year. Or if UCLA wants to do it too, that's even better. That's great too. Like we need we, we do need UCLA to be respectable every year. Like we can't have we can't have UCLA be, you know, like just a token that gets thrown in there just because they won eleven titles a long time ago. Like we actually do need them to be great. Um and then I'm gonna say like I think I need UNLV to 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 get back, Tate. Yeah. I think we really need UNLV back. And I don't and when I say back, I don't mean again winning national titles going to final fours. I need UNLV back where uh like th- they're landing recruits that they shouldn't be landing and they play like a really fun style of basketball and they got the flashy shit going on. And they're basically like Miami football is now where mm-hmm. people think Miami's people get tricked into thinking Miami is like good again because they wear the turnover chain and they try to like get the swag going and all that kind of stuff. But like they're not actually that good. Like if UNLV can get back to that level, that would do wonders for for the uh, the West Coast. But in general, dude, like if you actually look at, at the the not like this year certainly, but just overall, I mean, Gonzaga is probably the best program in, in in out west. It's like Gonzaga or Arizona right now, and Gonzaga is definitely better going into this season. Uh, With- but we've arrived at a point where like the the mid majors out west seem to be better than. The major conferences, but that kind of, that kind of comes back to what I'm talking about: shouldering the brunt of like I have to carry the torch for West Coast basketball. Do you think that Mark Few and Gonzaga has ever thought that? I don't think so. You know, no, I, of I course think, not. I think they don't care. Yeah, they no, don't care. Yeah. They're they're just running a program, and that's why 
I think it's kind of a curse. I mean, it's a gift and a curse to be, you know, Arizona, UCLA. I mean, it's cool to be top dogs and everything on the West Coast, but everyone's looking at you every single year. And people, they they tap out out here. You know what I mean? As soon as Arizona loses to, uh, you know, Colorado on the road, you know, people are like, well, uh, mm-hmm. there there it goes. There goes that season. Uh, you know, we got to figure out what to do with Sean Miller. I don't know if we should keep him. Or, you know what I mean? And I feel like it's cyclical, which I it gets me back to the main, main question I want to ask you, which is uh, if, those are the two premier programs. Do they have premier coaches that can mm-hmm. actually get them to that level? Because I, I don't know about um, I don't know about Alford. And I think Sean Miller is a great recruiter, obviously. And I think he knows how to get guys to, you know, I guess buy in, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, literally buy in. But I, I mean, believe it. You yeah, buy, buy yeah. in. I mean, you get bought in. Yeah, he, but um, he paid them in. I, don't, I think yeah. uh, uh, I think Miller is definitely good enough. Um, Miller, for me, Miller's problem is he coaches like it's late '90s, early 2000s still, and yeah. he's stuck in that mindset. And I'm I'm really worried about the next five to ten years of Sean Miller's career, where uh, the the influx of just the trickle down from the Warriors, basically, that basketball has become positionless, and it's going to take a while for that to really sink in at, at the college level. Uh, it's going to take basically like kids that are growing up now are are jacking up three and and we we're already like seeing that at the college level like it's like the the way guys can step out and hit threes and all that kind of stuff. I don't mean to suggest that there's no pro there, there's not progress being made, but uh, I, I I think Miller is stuck. Like you like the joke I make every year is like like the man just can't. Is there a seven footer that he's ever had that he brings off the bench? Because as soon as he sees he'll he'll start five seven footers yeah. if he could. Like mm-hmm. he just he salivates over that the idea of like twin towers, the idea of just playing old school Big East bat. He's an old school Big East guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea of the old school Big East thing, like he just he gravitates towards that, and that's what he knows, and that's what's got him success, and and all of that. And and I'm sort of worried that I don't want to get too extreme and say like the game is going to pass him by or whatever, but there are definitely moments <laughs> you can point to, and I think like last year's Arizona team. Ran into those problems where like Aiton was playing out of position and, and Ristich, yeah. Sean Miller's just like I got, yeah. Ristich like forced Aiton to play out of position and and Sean Miller's like I got two seven footers, I got to play them together, and he just kind of figured I don't know. So in that regard, like I trust Sean Miller, but at the same time, he's his stubbornness is going to get in his way. Offer's problem is, oh boy, how much time do we have? To <laughs> no, uh, Offer's problem, I don't know. Like he, he just. Just like from being around him, the the short amount of time I was, uh, you, you you wonder like he's definitely got the he's definitely cut from the Bob Knight cloth. Um, and and we talk about this all the time of like, I, I'm not calling Alfred an asshole, but just like that that mindset that that approach to coaching, the yeah. hard ass coach, tough minded. Does yeah. that work? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's run more sprints. Does the guy who because yeah. like what works now is like coaches who are like your mentor. If not your friend, yeah, you know like that you're, that's what that you're cool with. That's what guys, yeah, yeah. And then you have then you and have the trainers. Are, you have like trainers on your own time to like get you in shape. You know, it's not really on your coach to like condition right. you. I mean, obviously there's conditioning tests for everyone, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I I think the offer thing is like he does the whole like fake cool act. You know what I mean? Like during the summer, all these NBA players are around, and like you'll see Kanye West like you know playing pickup at UCLA, right. and it's like Steve Offer taking a picture with Kanye, but he's like. He looks very confused as if he has no idea who this person is next to him. You know what I mean? But he's got to play like the L.A., right. you know, Hollywood, cool game to get some of these recruits in and all that sort of stuff. Because um, really, I mean, 
I mean, we saw it when we went to the UCLA game. I mean, you see, like, Steve Alford is an Indiana, like, born and raised. Like, he is, he lives his life like a man that lives in Indiana. You know what I mean? It's like Jethro Bodie. Oh, yeah, here. absolutely. Like, he, you know, he does not quite fit into the, uh, you know, I would say the the normal expectation of what uh, a UCLA, like, celebrity-style coach would be in the modern era, which is why, I mean, I, I think we have, we've joked about this and floated it, but, I mean, if you see a guy like, with the energy of an Eric Musselman and you see a, a program like Ooh. that, like UCLA that needs to get rejuvenated and, you know, just needs to get, cause, cause as much as Steve Alford is, is, you know, beloved in basketball circles. And Are people, you saying what I think you're saying, Tate? <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying Steve Alford might be on the clock is what I'm saying. I, I, I have no reason to say that other than, I just think that UCLA is a gym. I, I obviously they have a gym, but it's also a gym. And I, I think people, I think there's a little bit of there's something in the air there because there's been so many like pickup games like LeBron's been over there. I mean, they're all around hanging around that program now. And if you're UCLA, you want to cash in. You know, you want to cash in when all these guys want to be around. Or Russell Russell Westbrook is right. mentoring Jalen Hands and Chris Wilkes in the offseason. That doesn't really seem like a, a Steve Alford deal as far as being like an asshole and getting guys to you know basically humble themselves before they can be great. Um, that doesn't seem like the Hollywood formula to success. Hollywood is basically BS your way uh, as much as you can and then, you know, see what happens and hopefully you get paid. And uh, I, I think Musselman has the right balance between those two sides of life. Uh, he's obviously, you know, done the NBA thing, which I think is a nice selling point to some of those guys that want to go to UCLA. Uh, Alford is like a true blue college basketball coach. And I, I think UCLA is a Hollywood, almost semi-pro, you know, team if they really want to be you know, the powerhouse that they weren't once were, honestly. I mean, I think they have to lean into that. I would agree with all of that. Um, I think, yeah, it, it, it's a tough spot because you, you want to be fair to offer. Like, he hasn't been terrible. I know UCLA fans are, would, would argue otherwise. Um, he, he's done well enough. The, the question always becomes, with like, UCLA, and, and, and this is the case with Indiana, this is the case with Michigan football at this point, with, with, with Texas football. Mm -hmm. Like, all of these... All of these programs that were considered like the top of the top at one point, and now it's it's kind of taking a little longer than everyone expected for them to get back to that point. Is you wonder if is it the coach or is it the program? And at at a certain point, when however many number of coaches cycle through and you can't figure it out, you wonder like is it the coach? You know, is is it the coach? Is it the coach who sucks? Is it the program that sucks? And I don't I don't mean I'm not even making a judgment on UCLA really. Like I think. Just because they're just because you reach a certain number of coaches, you can't really figure it out. Doesn't even necessarily mean that it's the program. It's just got you got to look at like the right coach. Like for me, it's like if a coach is great at other places and then sucks once he gets to this place, and then becomes great once he leaves the place, then I start questioning like it might be the program. Like if Roy Williams goes to North Carolina after he, you know he leaves Kansas for North Carolina and he has a success at Kansas, and then he goes to Carolina and he can't win, I would scratch my head and be like, I. Th think this might be a problem with Carolina more than Roy Williams, you know? Um, so I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is with UCLA, but I, but like we say, like, I don't think it really matters as far as like the, the big picture West coast thing. Like UCLA is UCLA. Like at this point, it's not, I don't think they have to carry the banner. I think it is up to at this point, Arizona and Gonzaga. But as we've said, Gonzaga certainly doesn't give a shit. They're not, they're not trying to do that. They're trying to just Private run school. their own program. Yeah. And Arizona has, is, is, is in the same boat sort of like they have their own problems. They're trying to do They just want to get over the hump. So their fan but, bases can stop clinching their asshole but, because, but at least with Arizona, at least with Arizona, like Sean Miller fits 
what Arizona bass, you know what I mean? Like, right. Sean like, Miller like, fits like, the vibe. Like yeah, the, yeah. I, the identity is right. Like I, I just feel like UCLA, um, UCLA is trying to search for some 1980s version of what college basketball was with, with, with offered, you know, basically trying to find their Bob Knight or their new wooden or whatever it is. And it's like, that's not that's not really the the way that things go nowadays. You know what I mean? I I I just feel like they base everything off precedent in the past, and things have changed. Is basically the whole point. Things have changed. This is the West Coast, but West Coast basketball as it exists right now is, I I think here here's, here are two things that the West Coast has to do. First of all, the Pac-12 has to get rid of the the. The uh the way they schedule where you play Utah and Colorado on the same trip yeah. because you're absolutely right that like after the non conference season whatever good West Coast teams there whatever good Pac-12 teams there are whether it's I, I actually I think the UCLA I was about to say the UCLA Lonzo Ball team but I actually think they swept their mountain trip uh but just for example like whether it's whether it's like a UCLA team that's looking really good after the non conference schedule or Arizona has always been ranked pretty high going to non-conference schedule. Oregon's had some good teams recently. Or even Arizona the case even Arizona be. State being the last undefeated team last year and being number Arizona. one in the country, you know what I mean? And then they go on that trip and Arizona everyone State, and everyone like completely yeah. disregards them and is like are we sure they should make the tournament? You know what I mean? Like that's how exactly. quickly it turns. You, you got to get rid of that. They got to get rid of the mountain trip. They got to figure out cuz they're doing themselves a disservice as a conference because it just all, all the momentum that your good teams get, they 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 run into the altitude problems and they lose and they're screwed and and that's that quick break to get a word from zip recruiter if you listen to podcasts and you do because you're currently listening to this you know all about zip recruiter you know all about how hiring used to be hard how you, people used to use multiple job sites stacks of resumes a confusing review process but today in 2018 hiring can be easy and you only have to go to one place to get it done ziprecruiter.com slash osp ZipRecruiter sends your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards, but they don't stop there. With their powerful matching technology, ZipRecruiter scans thousands, and I do mean thousands of resumes, to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. ZipRecruiter is so effective that 80% of employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. So if you're looking for someone to, say, produce your podcast, uh, uh, go to Check out ZipRecruiter. You might find someone like uh, producer Kyle, someone who who loves your podcast so much they get a tattoo. This could, this could be this could be a thing that happens on ZipRecruiter. Right now, my our listeners here at One Shining Podcast can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address. It is, and I quote, ZipRecruiter.com/osp. That's ZipRecruiter.com/osp. ZipRecruiter.com/osp. You want to you want to say it, Tate? ZipRecruiter.com/osp. ZipRecruiter.com slash OSP. Nice. Good job, Kyle. Yeah, you get in there, Kyle. ZipRecruiter yeah. is the smartest way to hire back to all things West Coast basketball. I got a more radical idea for you, Tate. Mm. Uh, this, to me, the West Coast, as it's currently constructed, is the most perfect situation for us to implement promotion and relegation in college basketball. I think this is the answer. And I can't tell if I'm joking. I, I come up with a lot of crazy ideas and because I just have a lot of time to think about it. While you're in Maui having fun, like I'm stuck in my office working and coming up with good ideas like this. Um, you have, like, if you think about the programs on the West Coast, we have Gonzaga, who's going to be a top five team this year. We have Nevada, who's going to be a top five team this year. Top 10 team this year, at least. Maybe top five. Uh, you have San Diego State, who is 
been pretty good recently and fallen off, but maybe they can figure it out again. I, I, they're kind of in flux. Maybe I shouldn't have mentioned them this early. Uh, but we have BYU. BYU is always going to be good, mm-hmm. I think. Like they're, B- BYU's floor is always not bad. Just because and same with Utah of the institutional both. structure they have there. Yeah. Like but like that's Utah is a good basketball state. You know? Like they they're a plus yeah, like they're any, a plus any, to the West Coast. Any Mormon that can play ball even a little bit is going to BYU. Like BYU will always have that advantage. Unless so it's Stillman White. BYU is always going to be pretty decent. Stillman White was the only um, Mormon that didn't um, go to BYU. Yes. Stillman White's the one guy. Uh and and then like UNLV could they could figure it out and get it back. But anyway, the point is you have all these mid majors. Um, I'm probably leaving out a couple. Pepperdine, to, Lorenzo Romar, that, of course. Yeah, Saint Mar- Saint Mary's. Uh, Saint Mary's is the team. Saint Mary's, yeah. Saint Mary's is the obvious one I left out. You have all these guys. You have like a Pac-12 that is always top heavy, and uh, there you know, we, we've already gone over this. There's one or two teams it feels like every year that might be a contender, or we we don't really know. But then like the teams at the bottom are holy shit bad, like really, really like Washington State and Oregon State. Like when they've been bad recently. Cal. They've been just Viking Viking Joe, but Cal. Yeah, like the the fact that Viking yeah. is the coach of, at Cal right now just goes to show the apathy as far as the program. You know, they go from Quanzo get, so, getting all these guys to that. You know what I mean? So that's my pitch. Why can't we set up a system where promotion relegation happens? If you you kick out you kick out the shitty you kick out Washington State and Oregon State and Cal and uh, who else is going to suck this year? Uh, 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 I don't know. Colorado is probably not going to be that probably Stan- probably Stanford. Um, Stanford, yeah, Stanford's probably not going to be there. You get rid of these teams. You bring in Gonzaga. Uh, you bring in St. Mary. You, you set up some sort of system where to like, find the twelve. Yeah, we have two conferences. Yeah, yeah, promotion and relegation. Then you have something. I like. Then you have some cooking, and I, then the Pac-12 is like the best basketball conference in the country. If you add Gonzaga and when they're hot. Uh, if Nevada was playing in it this year mm-hmm. and St. Mary, like holy shit, that's incredible. I like get this done. I want, That's the answer. I want to call it Pac-12 and Back 12. So you can just fall back. Just go back to 12. That's beautiful. Yeah, Pac-12, Back 12, and then as soon as Nevada gets in, it, then it's PACK12. Cuz Musselman's coming. The must bus is like here. It. I mean, that's that th- these are all things that should happen and it, I mean, just think if the Pac-12 did announce that they were going to do that and do relegation, People would care. People would look into it. They're just like, I, I don't know. I just want to see oh, how dude, this is going to work out. It would be incredible. And schools are upset because they're getting cut the, out of the TV money. You know what I mean? Like, So now they're getting really upset. Yeah, now you, they're firing Viking Jones, and they're trying to hire Jason Kidd so he can get back into this money. You know what I mean? Then put the pressure incredible. back. It would be great. Yeah, I like it. That would make me watch. That would, I would follow Pac-12 more than any other conference probably if they had that because they, they would be it would be completely stacked. But also, like you said, all those little wrinkles were like suddenly – Suddenly, Oregon State versus Washington State in the uh, at the end of the year is an important game, maybe. <laughs> and I'm in. I'm watching it. One of these teams is is going down to play in whatever whatever the, the they're gonna have to play against Air Force in Colorado State next year if they lose. Mm-hmm. And sorry about you. Yeah, they're gonna play Utah um, Valley anyway, and UMKC. The this smells like a new campaign. Yeah, yeah. This, this is nice. Pac-12, back 12 I gotta. I got before before we get to dirty laundry, and we are getting to dirty laundry, folks. A little a little uh, thank you to the fans that have stuck with us through the off season. We're gonna we got we got a handful of stories that people have submitted. Um, before we get to that, I want I want to get through the uh, trivia that I had typed up. So I already told you the the I I, I labeled this as trivia that Tate won't believe. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> um, I already I already mentioned the Stanford thing. The Stanford got 
one seeds in the NCAA tournament in 2000, 2001, and 2004, mm. which is just like insane to think about. I think like a lot of people listening are like, that can't possibly be right. <laughs> uh, I mentioned the National Player of the Year thing. Um, here's one. Oregon has made three Elite Eights since Indiana last made the Elite Eight. Wow. Is that does that does that do it for you? Is that uh is that surprising? That's gotta hurt for the Indiana faithful. Yeah, this has been a tough podcast for Indiana bit, fans. I'm sorry about the Steve Al- first Steve yeah, Alford, now this. That's all right. We're just yeah. Dude, it's okay. Indiana fans don't necessarily love Steve Alford, the coach. They they just they love, love the player. He made a lot of I get that. It's the it's, he's the Matt Darty of your school. I get that. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um here's another one. Uh Washington Got a one seed in 2005, yeah. which uh, I, th- I feel like I vaguely remember that. But when you hear me say that, you're probably thinking to yourself, yeah, that was the Brandon Roy team, right? Nope. Um, no. Brandon Roy came off the bench, and he was a junior that year. And he came off the bench. So, if, yeah. If Bra- think about that. If Bra- and- I think if Brandon Roy had just uh, obviously been able to stay healthy and, and just ride out his career, then Washington... I don't know. I think they could. I mean, obviously, they're still getting players like Dejounte, and obviously, Fultz went number one and all that sort of stuff. But I don't know. I, I think Washington's a program that that could really do something because that it, it is really nice up there. And I don't know. I mean, you see Gonzaga, people in Washington, you know, they, they like basketball. They don't have much else going on. So, uh, dude, Washington's back. Yeah, Washington's definitely back. Washington and Oregon are going to be great this year. Yeah, like, well, great. Whatever, whatever that means. So the, pa- like, the Pacific it's, it's Northwest, UCLA, is, Washington, and Oregon. Yeah, for keep, the, keep an eye on the Pacific Northwest. Pac-12. That's good. That's good. Um, and the last one, last one I had for you because this is my this is my favorite thing that like I, I we should get this printed on a t shirt. Um, it's like my favorite. It might be my favorite college basketball stat. Uh, certainly my favorite West Coast college basketball thing. Um, Salim Stoudemire in two thousand five, yes, averaged eighteen point four points per game. Tate, yes, he shot fifty percent from the field, yes, fifty percent from the three point yes. line, and ninety one percent from the free throw line. And he should have beat. He should have beat Illinois. I mean, he was. Um, yeah, he was. Um, he should have beat Illinois. I have. I have a full Salim Stoudemire jersey at my house. Like literally with the shorts and everything. Like the, he literally one of my favorite players of all time. I love the whole Stoudemire. He's incredible. Family. He, he's like Salim Stoudemire is one of those guys that people vaguely remember. I want to certainly on the. I'm. I'm. I'm speaking for myself. I guess in my circle of friends, but like people vaguely remember him. And then he's he's one of those guys that like every time I I remember him pretty well, but every time I go look into his career at Arizona, I just I always find something that blows me away. He's he's I, I don't know I don't I don't want to take it so far as to say he's like he's one of the most underrated college basketball players ever. I don't I don't really we don't really need to go to those qualifiers whatever the fuck any of that means, but I don't know the dude the dude's incredible and is like one of the greatest shooters in college basketball history. And I think like if you're making a list of the greatest shooters in college basketball history, far too many people will not have him on the list. And he averaged 18 points a game, so it wasn't like he wasn't just like spotting up and hitting threes. He's not John Deebler out there like barely doing shit and just like making a couple threes a game and and getting all these accolades and stuff. The dude is carrying the team, averaging 18 points a game while also he's 50, 50, 91. It's incredible. So and anyway, and, um, and if you for people that have never seen that game. Uh, I mean, just go back and like watch that. Tur- just watch him in that tournament because it, it is honestly what I, I mean. I, I think the sc- but, the score was like ninety to eighty. It was ninety to like eighty nine or eighty. It was some, but it was like Darren Williams, D Brown, Luther Head, that ridiculous Illinois team that obviously you know loses to Carolina in the final, and then a- Arizona. What was it? It was like it was basically Stoudemire and Channing Fry were the two guys. But it, right. but it was basically yeah. it, it was basically Stoudemire. 
Uh, I mean, who, who yeah. was their main dude the entire time? I mean, I, I, I don't know. He's amazing. I love that guy. He, uh, I, th- I think that was the genesis of the tight butthole Arizona fan base was that game. Yeah. And that started everything. I think up to like they, in 03, they lost to Kansas in the elite eight. Um, and I want to say th- uh, there might've been a, no, I think that was it. I think that there, there no, there might've been another one after 97. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Point is, I think like all, all the, whatever happened before that, it was just like, oh, we lost in the tournament. That sucks, whatever. And then 05 happened when Arizona was good enough to win the national title that year. Yeah. I know Carolina did. I'm not saying they're, they would have beat Carolina. I just mean like, obviously they, they were destroying Illinois and Illinois was really, really good that year. Right. So uh, Arizona could have won the national title that year. And they shit it away in that fashion of just like the most heartbreaking, whatever you could. And and then um, from there, I think that started just the uh, the tight butthole thing and the 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 total inferiority complex from Arizona fans. Which which by the way, Arizona fans might be the most tortured fan base mm-hmm. in college basketball. Yeah, if agreed. you really think about it. Yeah, like they they have the one title, so like no one wants to you know like a lot of a lot of the other fan bases are rolling their eyes like, dude, they won a title. Who cares? They got a ninety seven, but. I don't know, dude. It's it's crazy what those people have been through. Um, but anyway, it's tough. Uh, it's really tough. Poor Arizona. We'll pour one out for them. I I, I do believe it's going to end this year. I think they're gonna. I think something's going to happen. I just feel like all signs point to Sean Miller what, having what's an gonna, amazing what, season. What do you mean it's going to end? Like the, their run's going to end because no, the wiretaps no, come out? No, or? exactly. Like, That's what's going to happen. It's all going to be great. He's going to make the Final Four, and then as soon as he walks on, here comes the FBI. Gonna be great. Yeah, that's, I don't think it's gonna scenario. happen for Arizona this year. I just don't think. Yeah, Arizona's not that great. Uh, they got they got decimated by the uh, the FBI thing. They're gonna be okay, I think. Like they still have a couple couple guys that can play. UCLA. I do you see uh, Sharif O'Neal out yeah. for the year now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was very. Uh, I mean, this that was a, that was a shocking revelation. So basically, has a heart condition uh, that the he said the UCLA yeah. doctors diagnosed him. Um, so he could have technically, I mean, he had like an enlarged heart, I guess is what some people are reporting. So one of those things where, I mean, we've seen, you know, guys, you know, Pat, I mean, Chris Bosch obviously went through some of this stuff. I mean, it's a scary situation. So, uh, and you mentioned Arizona. I mean, he was one of their biggest guys that they had coming in. And then obviously the FBI stuff got reported and he left. Uh, if it's wild, you could, you could make an argument that Mark Schleybach saved Sharif O'Neal's life. Yeah. That Arizona's doctors wouldn't have found his enlarged heart. And then UCLA's did. And Wow. Schleybach is saving lives out here. Wow. Wow. Schleybach knew the wow. whole time. Maybe he didn't botch uh, it. Uh, okay. Anything else we need to talk about with the West Coast? I mean, we, we didn't really talk about, like, this upcoming season. Gonzaga, I really... Do you think Gonzaga's, like... Uh, uh, I, I see people having Gonzaga over Duke. It's yeah. Weird. I think I don't I th- like this. I think Gonzaga and Nevada are the two best teams on the... In the I mean, I guess, yeah. And right. overall, West Coast contenders, those are the two best teams, and those are two mid-majors. So I think that sort of speaks to Which the is state. a problem, exact, which is exactly what I'm saying is a problem that no one's going to watch them all see. Like, they're going to be good. We all know they're good. We saw, we, Nevada, like, go go look up Nevada's roster if if you haven't, if you don't know what Nevada's working with. Like, it, it's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my, like, their entire team has averaged 10 points a game at some point. They just, Everyone's just transferring in. That's basically how they've done it. It's like Gonzaga yeah. gets all the international guys. Nevada's gotten all the transfers, and they figured it out, and they're going to be great. But that's precisely the problem is that no one's really going to watch these teams all season, and that sucks. That really sucks. I want people to watch these teams. I want to. I want them to play in the Pac-12, and 
and and this is the the reason you do the promotion relegation thing, Tate, is because people are like Gonzaga is never going to get in the Pac-12 because they don't have football, mm-hmm. and that's always going to stop them. And Nevada is not because it's Nevada, um, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. if you set up a system where you could you could promote and relegate, it'd be awesome just for basketball. Just mm-hmm. do it just for basketball. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all you have to do. It's yeah. like Gonzaga can still not have a football team. We can make, you know, when the Pac-12 football season comes around, you still have your your solid 12, whatever, but just for, for college basketball. Set that up, please. Um, who do you like, who, who do you think is going to win the Pac-12? Because everything I see has UCLA, Oregon, and Washington like all right there in the, I don't know, 15 to 20 range, 11 to 20 range, whatever, um, on, on the national rankings. And they're all like, they're all like right, Bam, 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 right in a row. And a lot of different people think a lot of different things. So what does Tate Frazier think? I think Oregon's going to win. I, I think Oregon I think Oregon is the best program in the Pac-12 right now as far as what Dana's doing up there. I, I really do think they have it. I think they have it all kind of figured out, and they know who they are. They have an identity. They know how they want to play. Um, and, I, I mean, how many times can I say it? I'm a big Peyton Pritchard fan. I just I like I like what he does. Oh, we love Peyton Pritchard. Yeah, uh, and I think he's going to be great. And now they get Bull Bull, right? That, that's real. That's happening. So they get Bull Bull. They got Lewis King. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm I, I'm sort of worried about Bull Bull. I've I'll, full disclosure. I've never actually watched him play. <laughs> yeah. But the reason I'm worried about him is because um, I, I'm worried about him in this regard. Like if he's if he's got to be the best player on their team, uh, my my fear is that every year with the recruiting rankings, there's always one or two big guys who are in the top 15 who actually suck, and we find out very quickly that they actually suck. Yeah. and We call them the Chase I'm Jeters really of the that, world. Yeah, I'm really worried that Bull Bull is going to be that guy, and I hope he's not. I hope he's wrong. I have, I'm basing this off of nothing. I'm just, uh, I don't know. I've, 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 I've seen, like, the, the Duke guys play, which I guess they're, I guess Zion's the only big guy. I don't know. I, I, will, I don't know what I'm basing I, it off of, I, but I, I'm just I'm just worried that Bull Bull has like the potential to to not be great right right away, and, and I don't want that to happen. I will say this: I trust Fran Fraschilla as far as just knowing what the hell's going on in these practices and with these teams, and he's really high on Oregon, so that kind of helps me feel a little bit better about it. Do you think it's Oregon, All or right. do you think it's someone else? Uh, I mean, I would agree that like Oregon has the most firepower. Um, firepower. I think like UCLA is UCLA is right there with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, Chris Wilkes is is a fan. Or I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I think he's. I think he's, he's Pac-12. Indiana. I think he's Pac-12 Indiana. player of the year. Indiana, uh, uh, Mr. Basketball, mm-hmm. Jalen Hands, mm-hmm. uh, UCLA is, is is going to be pretty good. I, th- I, you know, I'm actually I'm slowly talking myself into them, but I don't know, dude. Like, part of me wants to go with Washington because uh, they sent me a Starbucks gift card for twelve dollars. That's right. I totally <laughs> forgot about that. And, and that's it, all it really takes. And it's the real Bayheim zone. You know, it, it's the real Syracuse. Yeah. Zone. So it makes sense. I, I mean. All in all, all I really care about as far as West Coast basketball is that the Martin Twins are both considered for National Player of the Year as a package deal. I don't want one of them to win it. I want both of them to win it, and I wanted to say Martin Twins. And that's that's my best-case scenario for West Coast basketball because those guys are going to be amazing. They should probably both be in the NBA, but of course the must-bus can miss them to come back. So I'm excited for that. That, That's who I think is going to win the Pac-12 is Nevada. (laughs) I'm going to call it. Yeah, just say it. Go, yeah, go out on a limb. I'm all in on the must bus. Nice. We're very excited. Um, any other Pac-12 or any other Pac-12 uh, West Coast thoughts in general? Uh, Pepperdine. That's all. That's all. That's Pepperdine all I gotta say. Back. Romar, he's coming back. You know that we're gonna keep an eye on that. Uh, Mark Gottfried is out here at Cal State Northridge. He's like hanging out with Jamie mm-hmm. Foxx at practice. I don't understand what's going on with that, but I'm sure we should probably keep an eye on that. 
you know, do you want to go to Cal State Northridge games when I get out there? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I, I mean, yeah, we should. Yeah, anytime I could see Mark Godfrey, you know, try to coach a basketball game, that w- that is five star entertainment for me. Um, so yeah, definitely down to do that. <laughs> and LMU, I mean, obviously LMU is a beautiful campus, and we we did the Sleeping Giants things last year, um, and know that you know that's a great you know could be a great program, and obviously has the history, so. Keep an eye on them as well. But I don't know. I mean, this is all just, you know, West Coast fodder. We obviously probably have talked more about West Coast basketball than anyone on the West Coast in the past no, eight we, to ten months. Yeah, dude, we don't need to do it ever again. Uh, I'm going to say my parting thoughts are New Mexico. Um, Damn, yeah. New Mexico, I, I, I'm, worried, I'm worried about New Mexico and San Diego State. I'm going to say that because New Mexico, are you aware that Carlton Bragg is, is at New Mexico now? How old is Carlton Bragg at this Carl- point? Is he like yeah, right. like when when will he stop? Carl Carlton Bragg, aka the original Brian Bowen, <laughs> <Yeah>. um, is <laughs> is at New Mexico. But so is Jaquan Lyle, who is the original Carlton Bragg. And uh oh. I'm just worried I'm worried about New Mexico in that regard. Of just uh you know, they they got two guys down there that are I don't know. You can have one. It's it's the isn't this like a universal theory across like every sport that you can have like one crazy guy? But yeah, you can't have two. You can have and one at that point. Yeah, you can have one Rodman, but that's yeah. about it. Yeah, you can have one Dennis Rodman, one Ron Artest. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they got Jaquan Lyle and Carlton Bragg in the same locker room. I'm a little worried about what what's happening with New Mexico, uh, who who has a pretty good program that we probably should have mentioned a little more on this podcast. Uh, also, San Diego State. Um, Tate, I ask you this: Are you? Do you have any idea who's coaching San Diego State right now? I I said I would guess a former Steve Fisher assistant, right? Got to be a, a a bag dropper yeah. from the past. Is that correct? Yeah, you are correct. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know their Brian name. Brian Dutcher. Brian Dutcher's his name. Dutchy. There you go. His name's yeah. There you go. His name's Brian Dutcher, but I think that illustrates the point of like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I he's, he's not necessarily a bad coach. I'm not. I'm not. Calm down, San Diego State fans. I'm not saying he sucks. I'm just. Uh, We're saying we missed. Know, Steve. I, w- I would have really liked to see San Diego State. Um, I don't know. Bring- hire someone really, really good. Oh, like Rick Pitino. I don't know. That'd be cool. I don't know what I'm saying, Tate. I just, I just, I'm, I'm worried about San Diego State because they, they, they had a thing going for a second. Then Steve Fisher couldn't necessarily win in the state tournament, and then now. They just have potential. I, I I never like it when I never ever like it when uh the guy who's like the best coach at a program leaves and then they hire within. I never like that move. Unless it's Tim Jankovic. Yeah. Unless it's Tim. Jankovic. Unless it's who? Tim Jankovic. Oh, Tim Jankovic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we like that's, Tim Jankovic. That's the only time. Are we sure Larry Brown's the best coach in SMU history? Though. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> it's. I mean, in basketball, yes, absolutely, no doubt about it. Uh. All right, let's get to dirty laundry. Kyle, do you have stories or what? I got some stories. Kyle just woke up. Classic West Coast basketball. I was like, Kyle's like, when are you guys going to talk about basketball? <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is wild. I went to a Big East school and took a geography class with some of the ba- some of the basketball team. One of my friends was the manager on the team, so I knew some of the guys made the mistake of agreeing to be in their group for a project about Japan. I asked the starting uh, small forward, who was the top 100 recruit a couple of years before, to put together one slide on the physical geography, uh, i.e. mountains, oceans, just basically where it is in the world, so that he would have some contribution. The night before the project was due, we were supposed to present our slide to the front of the class. I get the one slide from him. I look at the slide, and even with my low expectations, I'll never forget what he said. Japan, sit in the ocean. Needs to say we didn't use the slide. Redid <laughs> <Damn>. it. 
<laughs> that is, and had him read the words off during the I mean, presentation. Uh, I mean, show me the lie, Kyle. Show me the lie. That one. That one. That's, Japan is in the ocean. It's sit in the ocean. Tight. Yeah. That's a good project. I don't understand the problem with that one. Yeah. I've uh, I I, I want to defend. Sounds like a B minus. I, I, I did to this me. before. We, <laughs> yeah. When we when we did the dirty laundry last time, um, like last season, I I I said the same thing, and I want to I want to go on record as saying it again is that I will always defend athletes who don't try in school. It's it's a point of pride of mine. I didn't try in school. Uh, I think like you're given this power to, especially on group projects. Like it is it is what it is. You just you show up and you read the thing, and that's just part of the deal. And and honestly, if you're a regular student, I'm sorry, but athletes have to get preferential treatment. I'm sorry, yeah, it just true. has to happen. It's true. That's just how it works. <laughs> I, and the only reason I say that is just to justify my own behavior in college when I would do the exact same shit and just like. Every time we had to meet for a group project, I would say, oh, I can't. I got practice. What what time is it? And before they even answer what time we're supposed to meet, I just like, yeah, I got practice then. And then they're like, oh, okay, well, what if we moved it to this time? And I'm like, oh, uh, we got filmed then. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I also have a life also. I, can't do that. Pass. Yeah. Also, you guys are all nerds, and I don't really <laughs> care. I'm just trying to graduate. I don't really actually mm-hmm. want to get A's in this class. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, I'll, I'll defend the guy. Also, yeah, Japan is in the ocean. What's the problem? Yeah, spot the lies. He's hit right in the ocean, right there. Yeah, just being honest. Island nation. Point what he sees. Very cool. Here's one. I did game management as a work study job while I was an undergrad at a D three school in Michigan. One of my responsibilities was to greet opposing team and show them to their locker room. After that, I was supposed to keep an eye on their locker room while they were back and forth for warm ups. While I was manning my post, I overheard the opposing team's best player talking about our roster. They were emphatic that they were going to embarrass our best player and shut her down completely. Well, my girlfriend at the time, my now wife, was the best player for our women's team. I passed this information on to an athletic trainer who then told our team. The game started with my wife, future wife, earning a flagrant foul on the tip to send a message, quote-unquote. Later in the game, she pulled up on a breakaway, drained a three, and then stared down the opposing bench. She ended up dropping 30 um, in route to a home victory. My wife's night ended late in the second half with her using her last two fouls on the girl who's talking shit. Needless to say, this solidified my choice in who I wanted to spend the rest of my life with. Is this guy just is this guy just bragging about his he's wife? He's definitely bragging about his wife. I'm, yeah, I no mean, kidding. Yeah, I mean, I he he's missed the boat on dirty laundry. But he's a but, manager who has definitely used some information. I don't know if it helped that yeah. them win any game or what's whatsoever, but he's definitely spying on yeah, women going into the locker room first of all because it's a I mean, woman's team. So he's, he definitely he's misinterpreted the point of dirty laundry. But just say it. I misinterpreted the rules. Yeah. Well, I tell you, you know how many yeah. of these are just that's like, sweet. oh, dude, the, t- yeah. the point guard had sex with two girls and he fist bumped me. Like that's what most of these all are, right. guys. So give me more to work for. More, more of those. Well, read, more of those. Read that one then. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Go back to more the one those. about the point guard having sex. That one sounded interesting. <laughs> Mark Godfrey just got excited. All right, here's one that's a little raunchy. This is the last one I have. This one's raunchy. You tell me which ones to keep after this. I got some dirty laundry for you guys. I redshirted my freshman year at Anonymous Wax School. My roommate was at was a sophomore who just transferred uh, from an Anonymous Big Ten school. My roommate's parents got divorced. Jesus. When, when <laughs> came to play us at home, we were passing around the ticket list at the shoot-around. My roommate didn't have anyone on his ticket list. Before the game, his mom came to our dorm to say hi. I was wondering why he wouldn't have anyone on his ticket list if his mom was coming to the game. Once the game started, I realized she was sitting behind the bench, and my roommate said she got tickets from our from the newly hired head coach who had recruited him when he was an assistant at Louisville. <laughs> it became obvious again that this dude was slamming his mom when she flew onto the same flight as our, as our team. <laughs> 
Uh, now this is dirty laundry. This is actual dirty yeah, laundry. This is a bag mom. Oh my god. The, the bag the bag moms cannot be stopped. I mean, that is that is five star recruiting. That is five star That's Louisville. That is That's Patino. That's Patino basketball, baby. That's what they do. God, that is Patino that. basketball. Um Kyle, make sure you you bleep out all of yeah, the, all the, uh, the schools work. that were mentioned. Sure. Can yeah, that. because that, but leave the story in. That's a that's a that's a great story. That's the best one. Uh, step it up, guys. I'm tired of looking at. I'm tired of looking at. Oh my god! High fives from basketball players that after is they had sex. Dude, so this is a good the, one. This is the model. <laughs> that's the winner. That's the story. I pre like shout out to the guy who has the awesome wife. Like good for you. Yeah, that's, want to really. That's all. I don't, yeah, super happy. Yeah, for I don't want to. Who was also yeah. a manager, no. so I guess it counted. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, congrats to that guy. I also want to point out that Penny Hardaway. Apparently, his big recruiting thing now is that all the moms of the players know Penny and love Penny. And want their kids to play for Penny and want to be close to Penny. And it's bag mom season. You know what I mean? Mm. That's that's what Penny's up to. And I'm happy to hear that, you know, it's already happening in other, you know, pockets of the world. That's just that's just great news for Dude, everybody. can we get a can we get a ringer short film on the the bag moms of college basketball? Just like do a documentary on like four or five moms. Yeah. Start starring Window Carter's mom. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. She's Yes, the bag moms. Yes, featuring Wendell Carter's mom. Yeah. Yes, it's Sonya Curry. Good job, Kyle. I like. Yeah. I like that. Yes, yeah, Sonya Curry would be one. Yeah. Um, all right. You got anything else, Tate? I do not. I just want to point out that uh, right now in Chapel Hill, there are four basketball teams all practicing in the same facility at the Dean Dome. It is the Boston Celtics with Kyrie Irving wearing all Duke gear. It is the Charlotte Hornets with Mitch Kupchak, Marvin Williams, all the Carolina guys on that team. It is the UNCW team with Devontae Kaycock, one of the favorites of this program uh, because of all the hurricane stuff. They're now practicing in the Dean Dome. And there's North Carolina practicing in the Dean Dome. So if you were in Chapel Hill today, I'd probably just walk down to the Dean Dome because that is the most insane thing I've ever heard. I didn't even know that there was that much court space to go around, but I just can only imagine what it's like to watch NBA guys uh, and these college guys all just have to share a court because – I don't know. That's just very entertaining to me. I, I just I, I don't even understand how that's possible. But I like the whole NBA doing preseason at colleges. I feel like that's going to be a new thing. And also Justin Timberlake. It's a good move. Ju- I like it. Justin Timberlake and Drake are going to be at Memphis's uh, Midnight Madness. By the way, so Drake is officially gone uh, reverse Calipari, and now he's back to Memphis. Um, and he's with Penny now, so he is done with Big Blue Nation. Drake has officially jumped to the new bandwagon uh, with Penny. Dude, Penny is uh, Penny's undeniable at this point. Yes, you can't deny what's happening in Memphis. But uh, my favorite thing about it all is that literally nobody knows how good of a coach he is. <laughs> like, still, I haven't seen a single person. We don't know is he going to run? Is, is he defensive minded? Is he is he an offensive guy? Do they run two three zone? Are they pressing? Are they going to like? Nobody knows anything about Penny's style of coaching. Whether he can coach, whether he knows anything about any of this. Can he draw up an out-of-bounds play? We don't know. And frankly, we don't care. That's also that's all semantics. We'll it's irrelevant. It yeah. It's irrelevant. We just we just want to recruit. Um I want to mention I, for, I we forgot to I don't know if we did, we didn't bring this up, did we? That uh the Brandon Davies uh having sex the one time. Yeah, he did. I feel like that should have been mentioned during the, the West Coast yeah, thing. That, the Brandon Davies uh the the BYU team. I feel like uh, BYU fans are going to be mad at us because we didn't mention uh, that they when we were kind of going through like all the unlucky breaks that happened and all the teams that were good and 
what have you. Um, we forgot to mention that one. Mm-hmm. I also have a complaint tape. Yeah. Can I can I make a complaint sure. real quick? Just a general, just general complaint. Um, I'm really upset about the phrase "hot take" and what has happened to the phrase "hot take" in the sports media landscape, and that people just basically use the phrase "hot take" to describe any opinion that that is kind of a bold opinion. You know, but it's not even. It's, it's bold. Got, we've, yeah. we've gone completely overboard with with the hot takes because when when hot takes started, like when you would call someone out for a hot take, hot takes used to be like, like a hot take is not saying I think that Arizona is going to win the Pac-12 this year. That's not a hot take. That's just like a a bold prediction. That's a or sentence. Like a, yeah. a, a sentence. <laughs> barely, it, but, barely but it's still within the realm of sports. Yes. Yeah. So my complaint is that. That people are attributing the term hot take to that. And my understanding of the origins of hot take and like mocking people for having hot takes was when people would bring like outside things into their take mm-hmm. and 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 say like like real world things affect the sports and it just became like this almost like a conspiracy. And those were like the hot takes. Like uh uh one that comes out like Colin Coward saying that John Wall, like that whole thing about John yeah, Wall. Yeah, it's not a winner. And, yeah, like like that was a hot take yeah, to me. That was something um, else. Just because he danced, he he was that's not a, a winner. Yeah, yeah. Like these these are hot takes. Like uh uh like if you were to say like if you were to be like I think Arizona is good at basketball because like the the drug cartel in Mexico is financing them and running money across the border to pay for their recruits. Now we have a hot take. Yes, take. that's yeah. a hot take. Yes. Right. Yes. Gold. It's not a hot take to mm. be like uh I don't think Duke's going to be good this year. Anyway, this is a, this is a complaint of mine because I'm old enough to remember when like th- th- there's no way of differentiating like what is a hot take anymore, and it's really frustrating because back in the day, you you would you would if someone said I have a hot, like, hey, did you see that guy's hot take? It was like worth seeking out because it was like, oh my god, I'm sure he said something absolutely completely absurd. Mm-hmm. And um, it's it yeah it would be anyway, it would be like it'd be like in 2015 if you were like on a show called First Take and you adamantly said that LeBron James would never win another NBA championship and you could book it and then you know it's like next year they won no hold on I, no I would argue that's not even that's not even a hot take it would be like if you said LeBron James has since having children has gone too soft and mm. he can, he'll, he won't win a championship because he's now a father and he's soft. You have to like you have to like bring something into like their personal life or mm-hmm. like the outside world mm-hmm. and just like jump to an insane conclusion based off of something that has nothing to do with sports. You know what I mean? Yeah, my like that's my that's my 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 rule stance. of thumb on all this. And you know, I always enjoy when people come up and want to talk about you know anything sports related or whatever related in life. But if anyone asks me in this question and in this tone specifically, what's your take? Anyone that says that to me, uh, <laughs> pass. You know, one, two, three, four, fifth. I plead it pass see you later so that's just sort of just the way you know if that's if that's you know what your angle is i you know love you to death but pass yeah anyway that's that that was that was my uh that's my i like it it's a good complaint of the of the week i'm on your side i don't know let's get back to the basics of hot takes let's uh invoke like just crazy shit into the takes and then and then you have a hot take Mm -hmm. if you if it's just strictly a sports opinion if you're like i think that um i i don't know I I I I think that Andrew Luck is the MVP front runner in the NFL right now. That's not a hot take. That's just like a crazy sports opinion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's a difference, folks. Yeah. Let's get back to the. Let's get back to let's the. Get, the let's the get back to, of the hot to take. Jim Rome uh, is burning. That's what we need to get back to. 
I need the takes um, to be on fire. I have a couple of things I want to mention, and and then we'll we'll wrap it up. A couple of announcements, programming announcements. Um, I I want to do some pre 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 promotion for. Uh, I think I'm bringing back the trillion belt. Now, those of you who have followed me for a while, again, God bless you. I love my seven percent. Um, you you might remember that I used to give out a belt to a walk on or really just anybody, a bench player. It didn't really matter. Whoever recorded the most trillions throughout the college basketball season, I I made a a championship like a WWE style championship belt and I gave it to him and mm. it became it was like a contest. Basically, I was trying to give walk ons like a, an award to play for. Yeah. Um. So oh, I, I think I'm bringing that. that back, Tate. Do it. We're in the early stages of conceptualizing how this will all work. I'm I'm going to have like a a website that people can go to to track it. Like you can follow the standings in real time. Um, so I say that to say, like, if you know the, the, the way it's going to end up working though, is that the walk-ons and the bench guys are going to have to submit themselves because I don't want, uh, to hurt someone's feelings. Basically, I don't want like whoever ends up winning to first of all, have no idea that he was even in this contest, Mm -hmm. but secondly, to be like offended that I'm basically giving you a word saying like, Hey dude, congrats on sucking all year. Here you go. Um, so I want, I want like the, 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 the players themselves to to enter the the contest. So, uh, with that in mind, if you know anybody, if if maybe some people listening are are walking on themselves, and actually, you know what? Like, if you were like a legit player, enter. That would be that would be great for the brand, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if we had like like Brad Davison, and and if if, if Buzzcut Brad enters this contest, that's great for our brand, and he's just at the bottom of the list of the most trillions all season, and we we get like we get like legit guys like Carson Edwards and Luke May are on the list as well, and. <laughs> Our white whale is obviously Zion. Zion <laughs> yeah, to like yes. officially enter this contest. <laughs> oh my God! Yes, I I, I have two. That would wor- be fantastic. I have two words in response to who's going to win that belt: Brad Calipari. Mm. That is. That, Wouldn't that be something? That is not a hot take, folks. We're gonna, dude. Uh, I say that. I say that, which leads into the next thing: is that I think you and I are. We're also in 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 another pre 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 promotion thing. Uh, we are sort of organizing a party for the final four this year in Minnesota, a one shining podcast party. Um, and we should present the, the belt at the party. That makes the most sense, right? Yeah. Of Just course. like turn. Yeah. And we get the Calipari family we're, we're, there. It's going to be awesome. Get John there. Yeah. It'll be awesome. So anyway, I wanted to mention that. All right, that's it. That's the show. Uh, we'll be back next week at some point, depending on what Tate's vacation schedule looks like. <laughs> um, any in any, any parting shots, Tate? Last chance. Uh nope, I'm good. <laughs> All right, save the crew. <laughs>